0: So what do you have the kids doing on this holiday? What's taking up their time? What's distracting them?
1: Um, Roblox? Well, Eleanor and Ellie are doing something on their iPad. Uh, and Pete is watching YouTube, I'm sure.
0: Damn, they should go by Ella and Ellie.
1: They call her Elle. Elle Bell. And that's what some of us call Ellie.
0: Who did it first? That's the question.
1: Well, Eleanor is older. So well, I it
0: guess. looks like they did it first then. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Even if it was your idea. Yeah. Just like Sex in the City, where that woman stole Charlotte's baby name.
1: Oh, what was the name? Do you remember?
0: (laughs) No, I wish I did for the sake of this conversation, so I could really impress with my S-A-T-C knowledge.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what was it? Gosh.
0: Shayla was the stupid name. What a terrible name.
1: Oh, really bad. Shayla.
0: Was that popular at the time, in the late 90s?
1: (sighs) Probably. But it doesn't seem like a very um, traditional name that Charlotte would choose.
0: When did Brooklyn become a popular name? Ooh. When did everyone start naming their fucking kid Brooklyn?
1: Well, remember, it was like celebrities that did it first. It was like Victoria Beckham. And then it was uh, Jessica Simpson's sister and her like Pete Wentz or something. Didn't they name a kid Brooklyn?
0: It's funny <laughs> that you bring up that Brooklyn Beckham. Uh-huh. Because that movie I was watching today, Hugo. Oh, yeah. Which is why I was late to the recording because I Hugo was on Showtime and I wanted to finish watching Hugo directed by Martin Scorsese about a young orphan boy who's got a heart of gold but misunderstood. And in the search of his own identity, he helps save an old man. Okay. And that man's identity who happens to be a great filmmaker of the past who did uh, the trip to the moon movie. Okay. Where the uh, where the man with the pie face has a rocket crash into it. Right. So anyway, the the girl in that movie, whose name I cannot remember, at some point she was associated with Brooklyn Beckham.
1: Oh well, he's like a an actor now.
0: Is I think he he's in something? That guy. I. Not to say that nepotism doesn't pay off. There are plenty of actors, obviously, who have successful careers after their parents were successful. But someone like this, Brooklyn Beckham, I feel as though. Only got the opportunities he got because of who he is or who his parents are. There's no way, looking at this one picture, I can tell. Not a good actor. Zero way this guy knows well, act. Well,
1: he's really hot, right?
0: I don't know if you call him really hot. His head actually gets larger the closer <laughs> it gets to the top. So it's like a V. <laughs> is that uh, hot? And he's always got those squinty eyes like he's stoned.
1: Mm, well, that's hot face, right? Yeah. Like,
0: and it seems like he'd shaves lines in his eyebrows oh the hairstyle he's chosen is does not complement his v face at all he parts huh. it in the middle and it flops over to the sides so Ooh,
1: like butt cut
0: so it, it adds to the Ness.
1: yeah he accentuates the v
0: there's no way this guy's he's an actor what has this guy been in here's something here he is wearing a newsy outfit was he in newsies at some point <laughs> Maybe he just thinks that that's what
1: people wear in Brooklyn, New York.
0: Jesus Christ. He was born in 99. I'm wow. I'm going after a child here.
1: Mm, it, no, you're not.
0: It felt like a contemporary. Someone who's 24 feels like a child.
1: Yeah.
0: and I'm just a mean old man going after a child modeling. I am a modeler. And then he uh, is a photographer. And cooking. Okay, this guy does not he's not good at anything is what I'm starting to figure out here. Because if you look at his career, it's modeling, photography, cooking. He's just jumping from one thing to another, things he thinks sound cool that could get him, you know, a bit of notoriety and a bit of fame. He has an online video series, Cooking with Brooklyn, and it attracted criticism when it was revealed that it took sixty-two professionals to create each episode at a reported (laughs) cost of a hundred thousand dollars. Per episode. And then critics also pointed out that Beckham has no professional experience or training in cooking, which that one I don't care about so much. Plenty of people can cook and don't have professional training or experience. That one's a little snooty to me. Mm. You didn't go to the French Culinary Institute like I did.
1: Well, maybe I was wrong about him being like an actor. For some reason, I thought he was doing some movie, but.
0: And it wouldn't be, look, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he did try. Yeah. We can always expand as Wikipedia. That's the beauty of Wikipedia. You go in, and it's the creators own it. We own it.
1: Yeah, but then there's aren't those weird people that monitor it?
0: You certainly have the mods who get some kind of alert the moment something is changed in one of their articles. Because mm-hmm. I read something nasty about a hockey player once, Ovechkin. He was playing for the Washington Capitals, and they had eliminated the New York Rangers in the playoffs and he's missing a tooth uh-huh. or at the time he was at least this was years and years ago i wrote i can't remember what it was it was actually somewhat clever i felt
1: mhm i'm sure it was
0: but i i read something about him and his tooth and honestly within 3 minutes it was changed back and then i think that there's like a history log that you can go look at uh-huh and the person will explain why they made the change they did and it was something like this is not true false information
1: pete is facetiming me
0: unbelievable
1: yes hi mom <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing Can I just make a yeah go ahead thank you bye bye wait
0: mom oh I yeah love you. i love you too bye, bye. bye.
1: That was so cute.
0: That was so manipulative.
1: Why? At
0: the end. The the, no, I, the I love you thrown in there as an afterthought. He no, here's what it was like. I'm getting off. I got what I wanted. Uh, it was an afterthought. It's like, oh, but if I need to maintain this dynamic, I need to throw this I- in there. <laughs> oh, wait. I don't think I, so. I almost forgot. I love you,
1: Why He should have said that first and then to, like, butter me up to ask me for something. No,
0: that's the master manipulator, the... <laughs> An amateur would throw it in there first. They reveal their hands at the start.
1: He's a good boy. He loves me.
0: He's still playing those cards tight, holding them close to the vest.
1: That's right. Breast your cards, gentlemen.
0: All right. I guess we can officially start. Oops. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the same. Look, it's in the same position as the button (laughs) I pressed to start the theme.
1: It's, it's just, just funny on a, how you're like let's start
0: it's just a different bank <laughs> i didn't change it to the correct sound bank and the color is the same the it's a red Listen, button no
1: one's blaming you i thought it was funny well no i've done it several times the,
0: i've done it several times in the past and i also hate that that theme is preloaded onto this mixer
1: oh yeah it's it's a like a is anyone is anyone using it it's a great theme
0: is anyone using this? Like, if some, if you're using this mm-hmm. for your show, then it, other people are like, what the fuck? I know where that came from. Yeah. It was preloaded onto the Roadcaster. <laughs> you loser. Monica. Very 90s. Well,
1: it sounds like the very, like, Banana then like the scene would start Monica I can't find Rachel's hearing did you try looking for it (laughs) I did but I couldn't find it anywhere
0: and then the door flies open and Joey comes in yeah and he's like I am hungry
1: He's always hungry. And look, before, oh, she hands him a, she's already made him a sandwich. And
0: then he bites into it, and it's some kind of meat he doesn't like.
1: Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher.
0: My name is Greg us
1: the sandwich was poisoned.
0: With what? what? What would you even poison a person with?
1: Uh, Windex.
0: Is that poison? I mean, it is. I wouldn't I drink so. Windex, but if you if if you just sprayed someone's sandwich with one mist of Windex, would it kill them?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think maybe over time. I think wasn't that in um the sixth sense? Wasn't she like putting Windex in her kids' oatmeal or something?
0: I have no, I don't remember anything about the sixth sense,
1: the sixth sense
0: only the twist, (laughs) which when it was revealed, I was like, what a fucking idiot. Why didn't I pick up on that?
1: I knew it from the start, Mm -hmm. not from the start, but like mm, less than halfway through. I was like, I know, I know what's going on. Well, good for you. But I also went in knowing there was a twist. So I don't think I would have if I had just gone in cold and not, and it hadn't been such a big deal, then I probably wouldn't have like thought anything about it.
0: I can't remember if I knew if there was a twist or not, uh, but I do remember not trying to figure it out. Because, oh, you know, yeah, to have fun. I, I was able to let go and let the movie wash over me in the intended manner, the way the director, the artiste M Night Shyamalan, mm. wanted. Wanted the movie. What's his name? That's it. It's not M. Yeah, it is.
1: It's E M M.
0: M, just the letter M.
1: Yeah, what is it? <laughs> He's probably just like Mitchell. Mitchell Knight a ding dong.
0: Oh yeah, if you look it up, it's um, it's an Indian name, so that's probably oh, why he moved okay. away from it because he knew that Americans couldn't pronounce it. And you know
1: what? Can you can you pronounce it? No, no, it?
0: I'm not even trying. Just look oh. it up. It's a very quick thing. M Knight Shamalama. Mm-hmm. Real name full name like it, it, it's close enough the night isn't in there but who cares
1: oh like menage
0: there are people who have normal names and they still change them for hollywood
1: menage Neliatu jamalan
0: just like i had to change my name to decker
1: you did because your name is so hard to pronounce i get it
0: no because my name wasn't nearly cool enough for a rock radio station filled with a bunch of people who had names that were re- weed references my Except for mine. My Yours name. and
1: mine, both were not weed references.
0: My name's Dank. I'm Roach. I'm, I'm Schwag. What the Ew. fuck?
1: Why would you want to be named Schwag?
0: I was, well, how old were we? 22. We were right there in that wheelhouse, and I still thought that was embarrassing. Ninety-six-seven, <laughs> the buzz. My uncle bought me a radio station. We broadcast out of my uncle's garage. But if you look at the bottom of the website, you see in big letters, clear channel communications.
1: I never really thought much like I didn't I wasn't embarrassed by that. I just thought, "Oh, this is just how radio is done. Like this is the bullshit that they do." I didn't,
0: I didn't really Yeah, I didn't mind the story behind the station so much. Uh-huh. I mean, you're only going to attract a certain type of listener at that point. Idiots who think it's cool because some stoner has a radio station. But you know, that station existed in the first place not to win. It was just, hey, take a little bit of ninety nine X's ratings away so ninety six rock looks better. And mm-hmm. then uh, we don't give a shit what the station does. That's why we're it's kinda put, fun. That's why we're putting these well, yeah, look, it's how we all got a start because they weren't gonna pay anyone. So it's like who were gonna who's stupid enough to go work for free. Oh these no, kids No, we got paid. These kids so desperate to be on the radio. It wasn't a lot.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't. Like, but it, it was something for me. When it's like, okay,
0: yay. When you're doing a full-time shift and you're making like $16,000 a year for everything.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: Like that's what I make, we'll get into your topic. But this that's what I make now doing the radio show, the Von Hessler Doctrine. I get Right. I make like an extra $15 to $16,000 a year. That was my full, my annual salary when <laughs> I first started in radio. And look, I know that we've talked about it before recently about how the pay in radio stinks. Right. But for extra money for doing like yeah. three hours a week or something, it's like not so bad.
1: Not bad. And being so young, it's like, whatever.
0: No, I'm talking about now. Not, oh, then. not then it's radio show. I don't know how the fuck I made anything work back then. I had a rent that was $814 a month, which now isn't that much. But back then I was like, how, how the fuck was I paying that?
1: I think about that too. Um, I remember, uh, finally paying to get a good haircut and it being like $32 at the mall. And then when I was sort of more broke, I guess I was looking back on all those times I got $32 haircuts and I was like, Oh, I got to save so much money. I wish I had that money now. $32.
0: Yeah. I mean, compared to a great clips though, that is, that's double the price or something. Right. Actually, I don't know what, <laughs> what did, what did great clips cost for a, a woman's haircut?
1: Probably twelve.
0: What? Right? It was the same as a man's.
1: Oh, I thought maybe the man's was eight.
0: Oh, uh, maybe you're right. See, I don't even remember what the prices because twelve is so cheap for me.
1: Right? Oh, so cheap.
0: Well, it's twelve dollars. <laughs> I know. I know. There was a point in my life, sure, that twelve dollars for the haircut, I'm like what the?
1: Fuck? I know. And then you got a tip on top of it.
0: <laughs> the last paid haircut I got, I just went to a salon that was around the corner from my apartment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just because it was there, and I just uh, I'm just gonna go here. Maybe I should have asked this up front. It wasn't clear what a man's haircut cost. Like these okay. places are geared towards women, right? And like the the, the the it's like we do men's haircuts, but it's a bit vague. And it's like whatever. It was like a hundred and twenty dollar haircut, and then I, then I had to tip on top of it
1: for just your haircut,
0: for just my hair.
1: Oh no, that's too much.
0: <laughs> I was it was you know similar to the belt that I wore for years. I was proud of my haircut streak where I hadn't paid for a haircut since like 2010. And so at that point it was after COVID and things reopened. So it had been, yeah, it'd been over 10 years since I paid for a haircut. And I said, and I happened to go get a haircut that costs 120 fucking dollars. I guess over you average it out. It was pretty cheap, <laughs> pretty cheap haircut. Sure. <laughs> I guess
1: so. But man, it's a lot.
0: I don't think it was worth it. I don't think it was much, Much different than the haircut I give myself.
1: No, with with curly hair, it is very different.
0: I mean, it was all the same length when it was cut. That's probably nice and probably not something I do when I cut my own hair. But
1: It doesn't matter with curly hair.
0: I know, it's masked. Yeah. If you straightened it.
1: Right, then you'd notice, but no one's going to do
0: that. Eh, Maybe I should start getting, maybe I should settle on a look. I mean, I've had a look. Maybe I should settle on a new look and pay someone to cut my hair to maintain that look. What could I even do? What else could I do with my hair? I could.
1: You could get it. um,
0: The possibilities are endless. Permed so that it's straight. Shut up.
1: I'm just saying. I'm just giving you options.
0: I want real options. I need the real answers here.
1: Well, what's wrong with the the haircuts you have?
0: Maybe there's something else I can do with it to make it a little more stylish. Maybe I could
1: uh, like put some product in it. Maybe
0: I don't know if I want product. I guess you have to put product. Most people who have hurt certain hairstyles have product, don't they?
1: Well, yeah, because you could enhance what you have naturally if you added uh, a product that like um, organized your curls, I guess. If you're interested in doing something like,
0: that. <laughs> yeah, I needed to look like uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and that's what I wanted to look like. I need Ruffalo's hair and like the movie yeah. Begin Again. Did you see you that? You could
1: one? go to a salon that with a picture and, and with find of- somebody that specializes in curly hair, and then get their advice on what to do.
0: Okay, I could do that. I thought you were going to tell me to take like a magazine clipping. And and with a picture of Ruffalo and be like, Hey, I want this (laughs) speaking of (laughs) friends to open up the show. Like people used to do with Jennifer Aniston.
1: Oh, right. And get the Rachel.
0: I think at that point they didn't even have to bring in the magazine though. Right?
1: Yeah. You just say the Rachel and everyone
0: knew and they rolled their eyes and they were sick of it probably, but I bet. Bringing in a magazine clipping would be so embarrassing. Oh, actually maybe at this point it'd be funny. And endearing if it's folded up in your pocket and you have trouble getting it out. Instead of just showing <laughs> it you've been showing, carrying
1: it around for so long.
0: Yeah, instead of just showing it on the phone. I want my look to be this other person's look. I would like to mimic, please.
1: Mimic, okay. please.
0: Okay. I'll cut your hair. What a weird career. What a strange. Because it's it's quite the skill, isn't it?
1: Well, it's uh yeah. Uh, it, you can sort of, if you if you're experienced enough, then you can sort of see what's going on in someone's hair, you know. Like, oh, I can tell that they have round layers. You know, I don't oh. know what that means, but
0: I don't either. I have no clue. But to be able to properly cut hair and to have a vision and then use the person's head as your palette, <laughs> as your canvas, I should say, your palette, yeah, not is, palette, you know, your palette is. <laughs> is your blue thing that's got the combs in it. The blue liquid. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it.
1: Scary. Especially, well, I think cutting, mm, cutting seems a lot easier. It's the color that would really freak me out because when it works, it's great. And when it doesn't, I feel like I would panic at the disco.
0: Well, the good thing with hair is it does... I mean, nobody wants a bad haircut, bad color, and especially if you have long hair. It's going to take quite a while, but you know, it grows back. Think about giving someone a bad tattoo, fucking up their tattoo. Oops. Oh yeah. Sorry.
1: God, but- I love those pictures of people with terrible tattoos. There's so many like misspelled things, or like.
0: Do you think some of that's on purpose?
1: Uh, well, mm, I guess I was thinking, uh, I was thinking no, but then those like gutter punks would do something stupid like that.
0: You know, the one that's no regerts. And it's like, eh, again, yeah. I think, I feel like it's on purpose.
1: Yeah. But there are ones that it's like, you know, it's, it's someone's name that's spelled wrong or, you know, a, a, a word that they don't mean to spell wrong, like moment, you know, where it's like two Ms for some reason or. It just looks like it happened on someone's couch in a dirty basement.
0: Which may have been where it actually happened. Mm -hmm. I walked in on my friend Gianna once getting a tattoo that her roommate was giving her. Oof. Not a a tattoo artist. No. Just like poking (laughs) her with this needle, a sewing needle or something.
1: Yeah. One of those, what are they called? Like stick and poke (laughs) tattoos or something?
0: It's like okay, you're doing this. This is sure. How did it look? I mean, it was something very simple
1: mm-hmm.
0: that con- consisted of a couple lines. So it was fine, I guess. I can't remember exactly what it was. It wasn't as bad as you would think, but it's also because it was simple. And if you looked, you're like, oh yeah, this. You know, there's no straight lines here. You can see all the little pokes. <laughs> but I guess it's a memory.
1: I would maybe do something like that if it was very small and very simple because then it would the whole point would be like we did this to ourselves like i did this on you and you did this on me and it's kind of cute but i would never say oh this is definitely like go ahead and work on this design that i'm real excited about with your like with your um tattoo gun that you made out of a vcr
0: Out of a VCR.
1: Yeah, that's what people did before Amazon.
0: What components in the VCR were used to make a tattoo gun?
1: I have no idea. I just know that people would make, like gutter punks would like make a tattoo gun out of VCR parts.
0: I'm trying to look up a schematic. (laughs) VCR tattoo gun. (laughs) Is it real? I just want to know the way it's done. Did I make it up? I made the homemade tattoo machine out of a VCR player.
1: VCR player.
0: (laughs) Yes. Did you think you were making it up?
1: No, I was just worried. You know, you know how like you, you have faith in what you're saying and then somebody looks it up and it's like not right at all. You're like, Oh man, where'd I get that? No, but I was right. I did it.
0: Yeah. I don't know the basics. Uh, I would like to know the basics so I could explain them on the air, but I can't, I, I don't, Think I'm gonna have time to look this up on the fly and explain it, so people are gonna have to look up their own homemade VCR tattoo guns.
1: I don't think people are even that interested.
0: I'm somewhat interested. Like, what components? Yeah. Why a VCR? Why? What? What does a VCR offer that lends itself to making a proper tattoo gun? Maybe I shouldn't say proper, but to a, a, <laughs> a yeah, I think working. it was
1: probably just something accessible that maybe for the was hitting the right time where it wasn't too expensive. But before the internet was um, as integrated as it is now, passed down from degenerate to degenerate.
0: I wonder how many people, have they done studies? They must have done studies. How many people later in life are still happy with the tattoos they got? Not necessarily that they got tattoos. I'm not trying to make that point. But the reason I shied away from it, and it's like, I don't know what I would want like, forever. Like yeah. there's things that I like now that I have to assume that I'm not going to like later. And some of the ideas I had, maybe I still yeah, I bring up schematic. I always like the look of schematics and is but what schematic would I get? And that would still be there and would I still want it and I guess some kind of a math equation.
1: Yeah. And that'd be like cute and nerdy.
0: Yeah, but again, it's like okay. I've had this thing for decades now. How do I feel about it? Maybe I'd still like it. I don't know. I can't say. Or a, a, a box on my hand, on the palm of my hand. Oh. That way it was like a frame and I could draw inside the frame. <laughs> was that, cool? that would
1: be kind of cool to have something like that on your arm, you know, where you could just like show off your shoulder and then people can draw things inside the frame. That's cute.
0: Someone must have done it. I like that. There are no original ideas. Someone must have done it. So, anyway, I mean, you done. You don't like your tattoos?
1: No, I I'm fine with them now. I go back and forth. I was never, um, I was never like, oh, I regret doing this. It was more like, mm. there was a time when I thought, I think I would not have gotten these, but I didn't look at them and wish they were gone. Do you know what I mean? Just like, mm, I might have made a different decision, but now I'm fine. I kind of think they're cool
0: okay that makes sense i kind of
1: want another one what would you get i don't know something really pretty
0: <laughs> well it's a very subjective thing Some people i know think- well
1: that's why i don't i swear i'm not doing it because a it's a lot of money and b i don't know what it would be you can so s- i just have like the the mood like the feeling of what it would be but i don't know what it is you know like like i said pretty delicate thin lines
0: you could take but ellie you could be that mother who brings her her daughter it's like ah, we're gonna get tattoos together come on <laughs> yeah. daughter pick something how old your daughter <laughs> oh she's nine i give permission okay yeah i'm her mother <laughs> and she doesn't want anything but you're forcing it on her
1: come on this um this butterfly that is on the wall it's meaningful to us right butterflies remember oh let's do it <laughs>
0: In the same way, you uh, people say, you know, you must give uh, a circumcision when they're a baby, or pierce their ears when they're a baby, so they don't remember. Similar, similarly, you should give tattoos when they're infants, that yeah. kind of way that didn't hurt; they didn't even remember.
1: Well, that thinking, I think, is logical. You know, if we're going to say, oh, we'll do this while they're young, when they don't remember. Well, if uh. Tattoos were, well, I, and a lot of um, societies have tattoos on—not necessarily kids, but meaningful tattoos, as far as like going into manhood or becoming a woman or something. You know, like is it the Maori that have the tattoo on their chins? Wait, no, that's can that I be like
0: <laughs> get it that together, might be like
1: Inuits or something?
0: Get it to know your, come on, know your cultures. Sorry, you're, you're really. <laughs> but I think the Maori
1: you. do have something on their chins. Oh, yeah. It's not the lines. It's like designs. Anyway. So. Yeah,
0: you, know, you give your kid a bad name. At least they can change it at some point. You give them a bad tattoo and they're born. Too bad.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Oh, hold on. Yes, Peter.
0: I don't know. I don't know where the ton is.
1: Oh, there's not. There's only one piece of chicken left. Can I have it? Yeah.
0: Where is it, though? In the fridge. Uh, I can't
1: oh, it. it's in the container
0: in the container? I yeah. don't know where the container is.
1: There's two white circle containers. Like, can you help me find it? I can't. It? I'm, I'm doing a show right this second. Listen to me. There's two circle containers like this mm-hmm. and underneath it mm-hmm. is a container like this and you open it up and there's one in there. <laughs> Ask Ellie for help. She'll help you. Okay, sorry.
0: I don't think that's going to go well and then she's going to win the last piece of chicken and they're going to fight over it. Uh-oh, I hope not. Ask Elliot to show you the last piece of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I want it.
1: He's a hungry boy. I think he's growing. I want it.
0: So anyway, we're what we're fucking however many minutes into the show. What's your topic? You had a topic. We haven't even gotten to the topic. Right?
1: I did we're have like a topic.
0: Thirty minutes into the show.
1: Um, yeah, I was at the library with the kids and I was just glancing around. All the books, um, not just in the kids' section, but especially in the kids' section, there were so many, like, kind of empowerment books, it felt like. Um,
0: uh, Quick question before we get into this. Do you think libraries should still exist?
1: Yeah. For kids and for adults who don't have a uh, computer.
0: <laughs> I agree. I'm just wondering about the future of libraries with everything being online now and people moving to ebooks and shit like that.
1: Yeah. Maybe the but libraries are good, especially if I remember being in college and I don't think I necessarily needed anything from the library except for a quiet space to be, you know, and not bothered.
0: They could still set up a room like that. Like this is the quiet car on the train. It's similar to that. Even though people don't follow those rules. Like, hey, you're on the quiet car. I don't give a shit. I'm talking to my friend. I'm going to have a conversation. And then the conductor comes through and tells them to be quiet. Then they get all defensive.
1: Okay. But plenty of libraries are still quiet and are really nice places to sit. And, like, especially for kids, they have little activities for them um, and little classes where, you know, they bring out a puppet (laughs) or they all, like, dance around or something So it's and it is nice to bring that like Ellie um, loves reading just in general, but she especially loves like the comic books. So like the Babysitter's Clubs and uh, not necessarily like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but that type of thing, you know, and
0: The Walking Dead.
1: Yeah, (laughs) not that (laughs) not graphic novels just yet, but um, so it's really nice to go there and check out books for her to read in a day because she goes through them so fast. It would suck to have to like buy her books all the time.
0: That's cool that they're interested in books.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I don't have to do anything.
0: It's always the funding for libraries that uh, they want to slash in budgets, which when you ever look at like city budgets, even towns, I assume, but it's a thing here in New York where they're talking about slashing the New York public library budget. And I agree. It's like, why would the fuck would you do that? Just why? Why go after the libraries? There's already not that much money there. But when you look at the overall budget, and this is just for illustrative purposes, like mm-hmm. we need $300 million, we're at a deficit, cut the library's budget, and it gets them like a million dollars. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, that's <laughs> not even helping you. At, this, at, the, at those numbers, you, you get an extra million. It's like... Uh, then what? Yeah. They always go after those programs. The national government does the same thing with like PBS. Slash it, slash. It's like you give them eight hundred thousand dollars a year to begin with, <laughs> so you take your eight hundred thousand dollars back. What the fuck are you gonna do with it, morons? But look, I did something. I helped. I was looking at the budget, and I helped get us closer to the the number we needed to be at by taking this service that most people seem. I bet if you ask most people, do you like the library? They'd say yes, even if they never go.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a a legacy. And it's important, honestly, because it is important to have. If we don't have access to something like that, then maybe some people would never be able to like if 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 there are parents who are struggling with just living their lives and making ends meet, they can't and their daughter or their son is is really into reading. And they can't afford to get them books all the time. So it's like, yeah, go to the library and check out as many books as you want.
0: Though, as you were saying, these days, the reading material is shifting to self-empowerment. Yes. (laughs) Which which you, for whatever, I I, I get when you're putting, well, I'll let you tell what these books are. When they're winding up on a children's shelf, it is strange to me.
1: Yeah. Okay. So in the adult section, of course, there's. It just seems like the ones that they were displaying that were facing outward, you know, like enticing you to come read them were a little bit more empowering and like, you know.
0: So what were they? What were some of these books? I can't
1: remember the the the, the adult ones, but because the ones that really um, struck me were in the kids section. And again, all the ones that were facing outward to entice maybe probably just the parents to come get them for their kids were books like. I believe I can. And it's like a picture of two African-American kids on the front looking very like serious. And then another book of, um, let's see, be kind. And it's a, a girl with an umbrella and a girl without. And she's like holding the umbrella over the girl with the, out the umbrella. Um, just like me. Um, hair love. You know, it's like you have to embrace your natural kinky hair. Um,
0: so you're saying a lot of these were directed towards the black community?
1: Well, no, not all of them. It was just those were the ones. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I don't mean to keep bringing up black people. Well, that's but then seemingly what you have a My racist with. dog.
0: <laughs> Wait, that's a real book?
1: Yeah. Cause you know how like dogs will bark at black people sometimes more than others. Yes. Yeah. And so (laughs) I guess they brought that up for kids.
0: So what is the point of the book? What do you do with your racist dog?
1: I don't know. I guess it's more like, don't worry. You're not racist. It's just the dogs are responding to, I don't know what.
0: (laughs) Do people who own racist dogs feel as though they're racists?
1: Well, I mean, I've heard people say the dog, it's not, you know, the dog's not racist. It's, its owners that have sort of subtle, uh, given the dog subtle cues as to who is a danger, which is not true. I mean, I'm sure that that is true in some cases, obviously, but dogs just, I don't know. It, it could honestly just be the color right is like a darker for them whatever their eyesight is like maybe it's just a darker color and they're like i mean my dog barks at um the big trash can that's outside sometimes <laughs> because it's like a big menacing dark color and so maybe he thinks he doesn't bark at every black person i'm just saying some dogs bark at black people
0: <laughs> yeah you're really drowning yourself there you just you know hanging yourself i know <laughs> So what you have a tendency to do, you bring up these issues, then it's like you can't fully commit in a way because you have to watch your words. And then you
1: No, I am committing in a way. That's why I'm burying myself, because I'm trying to be honest.
0: I mean, doing a quick search on it, it does say that uh, quite often a dog's negative reactions can be chalked up to improper socialization. I don't you know, I can't speak to this. I don't know what's really going on, but they're saying dogs raised in homogenous communities with limited access to the world maybe hesitant, sometimes aggressive in the presence of seeing someone new. So the dog's behavior...
1: But he's been around all these people his whole life.
0: The dog's behavior reflects the segregated ways in which many Americans still live.
1: Okay.
0: Going back to these books, these messages have always existed.
1: Your body is awesome.
0: And a move to include other types of people in works of fiction. I don't know why anyone has a problem with that. Some people seemingly do, but I feel as though quite often the messages that these books push were embedded in the story that was told. Uh, so I'm not
1: against these sort of uh, issues or things being brought up to your kids or with your kids. It just felt real propaganda y. And I'm very much for if a child is having issues with her like kinky hair because she's embarrassed about it or something or feels like it doesn't look like the other kids that she's it's like no, let's let's help that kid embrace what is coming from her naturally her natural beauty. I'm fine with that. It just feels like exploitative of a real issue. I would rather it be brought up at home, you know, by <clears throat> by someone who's not profiting off of this. <laughs> um
0: well that's a whole or, other, you're you're on yeah. a whole other path here now which is Yes, uh, the exploitation of anything, yeah, for the gain of profit.
1: Yeah, it just freaked. It like gave me just like a gross, grossed out feeling. Um, like there's there are a lot of books that include all different types of kids, um, and it's not, it's not like. So there's there's one called um, Sophia Valdez or something like that. Sophia, oh yeah, Sophia Valdez. Super. I'm sorry. Sofia Valdez, Future Prez. It's a great rhyme. It's a great book. It's like, it's got a really great rhyming scheme that's really fun to read. But um, she's just like a Hispanic kid and it's not brought up that she's Hispanic. It's not like, and because she's Hispanic, you know, it, it, it was just part of the story. And uh, I prefer the less heavy-handed approach and it just being just exposing kids to different types of kids and not doing it like you see this we're exposing you to different types of kids I agree because then it just turns into like a an exercise instead of just um a organic experience
0: I agree that that's the way to go that it's going to be more impactful ultimately yeah. because what i was saying before is as a kid for a long time, you don't think about those things. I guess if you are around, you know, parents who are racist and explicitly call that out, right? Then you're guarding. You're going to have, you know, preconceived. Well, they have. They're. You're going to have your feelings, and you're probably going to end up racist yourself. Um, but for the most part, I think kids who are just existing, similar to the way when I first learned about, you know, my friend who was black, facing. really shitty things because he was black. It's like that was a lot to grasp and I never even thought that something like that would exist. And I think that's part of the problem is these people who are going to put someone down because of their skin color or their gender, whatever it is, are going to exist. So you have to set people up properly to counter that or know what to do when they come across it But in general, I feel like just presenting people of all types and all colors in everyday situations has more of an impact on kids because then it is representative and the kid's not thinking on those terms. And, you know, somebody says, uh, I'm going to be president and they're a Hispanic woman. You know, your kid, the point's not going to think it's a weird thing.
1: Right. They're going to be like, whoa, Hispanic. They're like, oh, okay, that's Sofia Valdez. That's it. You know? And I do, look, I,
0: I think that's, I do think that that's important for kids mm-hmm. to be exposed to, but it does get to this level. And what are you supposed to do? Because again, there are, are always going to be people, right? Who, who are racist, who are prejudiced, and you're going to encounter that in life. So you also have to prepare your children for that properly.
1: Yeah, this, this is not the same, but Ellie had a, a crappy teacher this year for her, third grade and uh i mean i spoke with the teacher a little bit not about the teacher's behavior but just about like the problems that ellie was having in the classroom and stuff and i didn't do anything really about it because i kind of felt like no it's i mean it sucks but uh yeah go through go through this year um having to struggle with your teacher because there are going to be people in your life that you're going to have to work with and it's going to suck and you have to get used to things sucking sometimes.
0: Well, I feel like that's the side that's not really taught as much anymore. It's like if somebody makes you feel bad, they're the bad person, which sure. If somebody comes after you for absolutely no reason, and makes you feel terrible. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, they are a bad person. Oh, if she was,
1: listen, if she was like verbally costing Ellie, like I would of course do something, but she just was a crappy teacher people have had her before that i know and said yeah oh she's the worst you know so it's like okay well we'll just get through this year and she'll have a different teacher next year she'll just deal with it you know but yeah there are going to be sucky things in life and you have to let your kids be exposed to that too because they have to get they have to get used to that because that is life
0: is there an idea that and this is more rhetorical but you know i'm You can certainly give your opinion. Is there an idea that that can be eradicated? Do people really think that somehow you're going to rid the world of negative experiences and negative people?
1: I think people are just so overprotective of their kids and maybe themselves, you know, with all the talk about things being offensive. It's like. Just because you're offended doesn't mean to me personally, like I just, you know. Okay, I'm offended. I'm not going to do anything about it.
0: Yeah, it doesn't become your mission, your right. problem to solve. Yeah, and it's weird
1: that people feel like they have to n- never feel anything negative.
0: <laughs> I don't know why there's such a low tolerance to it. And like, I certainly don't like feeling like shit. I've of never liked not. it. And I guess I've put coping mechanisms into place to avoid it. Never once did I think I'm going to go. Or change the world (laughs) right and
1: or even change that person you're not going to change that person that person has to change on their own
0: it is a disservice overall to not bring that into the fold when you're constantly shielding people from any negative feelings that's not going to be helpful in the long run and I do think it creates overreactions well this thing exists and instead of it being on me to figure out how to process my feelings and not let it affect me so much i want to completely eradicate the thing the cause of it which is never going to happen right that's that's not a winning battle
1: did that come from pc culture in the 90s and then all those people grew up to be parents and then now we're like like not letting our kids or ourselves feel anything negative
0: like anything else i think these things start as good ideas and they come from a decent place yeah and then they're hijacked and they're brought to the extreme because you get people involved to make it their identity and then once you're playing in that sandbox you've got to one-up the last person to prove <laughs> that you're better than that person and I, I don't even know if it's that you know i should be that cynical about it to begin with that people are immediately trying to show each other up but when you're trying to say i'm a good person By nature, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be like, oh, well, yeah, you're a good person. I need to show that I'm a good person, but you already showed you're a good person by doing this, so I need to take it one step further. And then it gets to this level where it is just pretty ridiculous in many ways. And it's Are you
1: actually doing anything?
0: And it's a turnoff for people who probably would be on board in the first place. Again, yeah fuck the people who say you know i don't want to see a black protagonist who what the fuck's wrong <laughs> with you why do you fucking care yeah. writing stories about all types of people just ask people and not calling out their traits that is the healthiest way to go you normalize things you present yeah them. you know because I, it's
1: not important it's just like it's not important to say that the the person looks like you that's reading you know it's Oh, they don't if they don't look like me or if they don't come from where I'm come from, then I don't know. I don't understand. It's like, no, they're just a person. If they're presented as a person,
0: you can still relate. Yes, And maybe some things you can't relate to, but that's fine. Then maybe you learn some. Yeah. And you learn it and you become curious and you do a little more exploration. Yeah. Of that topic. One topic. I hate saying (laughs) that there's this much power in advertising, but to me, when you start to, and advertising is, you know, really in your face and heavy handed in its own right these days, where it's like, the man's staying at home, and it's an <laughs> interracial, interracial uh, relationship. Couple. Yeah. Okay, that, fine. I know that, that that bothers me, because I know these discussions were had. It's like, yes. we, we need to do it's this. It's
1: not way. that they're interracial couple. It's that the the yeah they decided to do that because it would be more profitable yeah
0: it's like i don't give a shit if they're interracial but i hate the fucking ad exec who got paid a lot of money to come up with that fucking dumb idea but that aside i feel as though when diversity is reflected in advertising it has more of an impact because going to movies reading books watching tv shows that's more of a choice and if you don't feel as though you're going to be interested in the subject matter then you're not going to watch it. But fucking commercials are in your fucking face. Mm-hmm. And the moment things are reflected in commercials, I think it has a wider impact. And people, it, it begins to normalize things and people don't think about it as much. Uh, it is still better than, like I, I I don't, these books that you're talking about, you, you've you already brought up the other side of it too. It's that, you know, it, it's capitalism. These ideas yeah. have been hijacked for profit, which uh, that's, that's where we are. We had where we have been.
1: And then also the people who are picking those books up to check them out. Um, they're not, they're not looking for their minds to be changed. So what are the, what's the point? Do you think like there are, there's not little kids who have, you know, uh, prejudiced parents who are then going to the library and seeing those books and saying like, Hey, <laughs> you know what? Maybe my – no. First of all, they're not even looking at those books because they don't care. And then even if they do sort of see them and say, oh, yeah, there is like a different side, it's – it's again, it's up to that growing child, eventually adolescent, you know, who wants to sort of change the dynamic that he, they came from or something. But it's not from
0: – Well, you have the parents It's not going to be from
1: a book. You have the parents. stupid kid's book. But
0: well, you have the parents who think, I need to introduce my kid to this because I need them to – learn about this now. And we've already discussed that. I feel like at some age, it doesn't have as much of an impact and it introduces a whole different way of viewing the world that maybe in the long run, similar to the way I say things get extreme, hurts the cause, Uh whatever that cause may be. There's, I guess it's it's hard to say that that would be the case if somebody at six years old starts thinking about some of these things. (laughs) But I think at that point, it also... Is maybe a bit more confusing
1: yeah well i'm reading holes with the kids um and in that book there's this sort of backstory of uh, a lady and a man and the man was black and the lady was white and they kissed and there was a lady that found out about it and so then they went after both of them and they were going to kill him um and i had to explain to the kids <laughs> they were like what why Why is it illegal for him to kiss her? I was like, um, she he was black. And back then, that was not allowed. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know?
0: I mean, even that's introducing a concept to them they probably didn't think about.
1: I know. previously. I know, and I don't like, I mean, <laughs> I'm fine exposing them to things, like I said, that are crappy, but I also don't want them to be be with their friends who are of mixed races and think, oh, I heard something about, you know, well, your parents now I know this weird thing about your uh, ancestry that <laughs> made You're... it me against you or you against me. That's a, I don't like that. I don't want that. Just keep being kids.
0: Well, yeah, if they've, you know, the kids parents, it's an interracial marriage or the pairing it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be a, a marriage uh, and yeah, kids, your parents were illegal
1: yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> at Ew. one point.
0: What they're doing <laughs> was against the law. But, She's like,
1: what? But I guess, little girl? What?
0: Look, these were <laughs> real things. Friend? These are real things and you can't ignore them. Right. So it's, uh, it's really just finding the line. How do you balance it? How do you best balance it? How do you introduce these things into your kids' lives? my it's, whole
1: thing is just giving them the simplest amount of information and if they come back with questions then i answer those questions i don't i don't add all kinds of bullshit that could confuse them or that they can just like pair it back because i've given them my opinion on it you know what i mean it's like i said it was crazy i said isn't that crazy <laughs> uh and that's it and if they want to ask me questions about it then they can but if they don't have questions, then they might just not even, either they don't care or they don't really understand it or they're not ready, you know, all that. Just try and like, let them drive when it comes to something like that.
0: Maybe not all kids will ask questions though. Maybe some kids just sit with things and uh, create their own ideas and narratives around it. And that's what parents are scared of. Why would they be scared of that? Because, because if you're leaving it up to your kid, what kind of ideas do they form? So that's why parents go out of their way to uh, really drive this home. It's not, <laughs> look, it's not an easy job. I, obviously, I'm not a parent. I don't know how I would navigate it. I, I feel I would be similar to you. It's like, well, kids tend to ask questions. And so when they ask the questions, I'll give thoughtful responses and not mm-hmm. brush it off. And hopefully that's, you know, good and works.
1: Yeah, I hope so. But whatever, they'll be fine.
0: (laughs) I think think that's the approach that a lot of people take. Yeah, they're going to be fine. And then ultimately what happens, they're not fine and they're hellions.
1: Well, they're going to be hellions no matter what. It's more about them as adults coming back and saying, you did this to me when I was a kid. I, that made me this way. And I'll be like, oh God. I feel,
0: I, I, I feel by nature at birth at least in this world that people aren't inherently bad. I know it's a weird thing for me to say that it's mostly a learned behavior. Even, you know, if you go in the past, why did people who look different than other people attack those people who look different? Mm. I mean, whatever people were, humans were tribal, right? You were fighting over lands. There were, there were reasons and you know the unknown in itself is a, defect, a defense mechanism that's built in. It's like all right, we'll be question the unknown. Don't just go into something, you know, a survival tactic. So there's some of that at play, but I think for the most part, people are introduced to a lot of these ideas, and sadly, sometimes it comes from the parents. And then when that happens, like good luck, you're not like I don't even know how you. You can hope that there's enough in the real world that offsets what the parents say. But when you're introducing these these notions and ideas right, to children. Right,
1: you see it. You look for it.
0: It's the first things that they learn. And then yeah. you have to undo that. And maybe at some point they're like, my parents fucking suck. And that's <laughs> a whole thing to have to come to terms with. And it's probably not as likely as the person carrying on their, their parents' beliefs. If there's enough in the world now that presents itself... And, I th- and again, I think just the way the world is because it, it makes it harder for someone who wants to dismiss ideas when they can demonize the other side. If it's mm-hmm. just being presented naturally as the way the world is, that's a hard thing to fight against. And someone who's uh, racist or you know, homophobic, they look at this as the world and I guess they can say that the world is wrong. But it's, it's harder to make that point than this person is wrong. This person's bad. Don't listen to this person. So I think that's ultimately the place we need to get. If you're not learning these things from your parents, I guess as a parent, it's like how do you prepare your children to deal with it when they do encounter someone who spews like hateful beliefs? Because you're going to come across them. Hopefully it's not often. Like I even think about growing up. Most of the people I met, weren't like that but there were some there were instances of it so it still exists and
1: yeah I didn't have a lot of experiences like that as a kid but from other people
0: the way you phrase that is like I didn't have a lot of experiences like that from other people I and mean, where did you get them from who
1: I'm saying oh yeah no nowhere <laughs> but I'm saying <laughs> I wasn't like around white kids that were being racist
0: which is hopefully the way that this is all trending
1: well I saw some article where this um it wasn't like a white nationalist or something I don't really even know exactly what that means but he was a guy who was in charge of some weird group of like white people you know being super racist I don't remember what they're called they were like um uh, you know, like bringing back America's to, you know, white pride, blah, blah, blah. And he did DMT, and he realized how wrong he was, and he like quit all of that. And so they're they're use they're talking about using. I guess therapeutic doses of DMT, to treat. Uh, extreme racism as a mental disorder. <laughs>
0: Well, on some level, I'm sure it is a mental disorder, similar to the way, you know, well, some people say addiction's a disease, which yeah. I've always had my feelings. I I think it's a wiring of the brain. And if you want to label that as a disease, I don't, you know, I don't put the blame on people for being addicted. I know, again, just just stop. I just wouldn't do it. It's Like, that's not realistic yeah. and demonizing people. But to go as far as saying it's a disease, it's like, I don't know if it's that. It's like a weird coping thing and a wiring of the brain. And I'm not nearly smart enough to... to speak about it but you know quite often people will go on those trips ayahuasca or whatever and they it does seemingly help like it it rewires shit and reframes things in their brain and i you know i don't know what the long-term effects are do people stay off but
1: well that's the thing a lot of people that are um addicts that use something like ayahuasca Um, they'll say it works for them, but then they've also done ayahuasca like twelve times. (laughs) You know, it's like it doesn't happen just once and they're cured.
0: Well, fair enough, but it does. It does seem in the short term to have helped some people. Sure, I guess. You know, it's it's anecdotal. I know that.
1: Are you on the street and nodding out? You know, uh, under a stairwell. It's like, okay, no, you're not. You're spending a lot of money flying to Peru or wherever and doing it. It's like, okay, I guess that's better.
0: It's the new age drug addict, either stealing money from grandma to book their flight,
1: (laughs) to have a spiritual experience in the woods,
0: (laughs) (laughs) not just to go cop on the street. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of this stuff—the point was—it's tied to you know your brain and racism, prejudiced beliefs as a as a mental disorder. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know enough about that. Yeah, I
1: don't either. I just thought it was interesting.
0: I did see, I did see that story. I didn't read it though about the guy. Yeah, who it reframed all the shit. Um, but you know, ultimately the problem is capitalism. That's what I'm going to bring it back to. Okay, is people okay. is people needing to make money. So now we're at the point where people know that they can make money off of all of this stuff. So it's been hijacked, <laughs> packaged, and sold like anything right, else. Right.
1: So like keep people racist so that I can keep making money off of them.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's the cynical belief, isn't it? You know, now you're really getting <laughs> I thought in that's
1: what you were saying, too.
0: Well, I was just saying people see an opportunity to make money off of it. But yes, mm-hmm. you're right. If ultimately the problem was solved then these people would have no means to make money. So yeah. maybe it is in their best interest to continue racism so I can continue to line my pockets. But it's like anything else, any creative idea, any new show that hits TV, the stage, a certain type of art. Once people realize that's why there's so many copies of it, bad copies, like, just come on, it's a trend now. Let's make money. Let's hijack this fucking thing and make some money off of it. Because that's ultimately all this stuff should exist for in the first place. <laughs> Making money. So any of these people who write these these books, it's always been a big market self help, obviously. I sure. think it's probably just shifted a bit to what the help needs to be. There's always gonna be people buying it and these people are always gonna make money off of it. And Uh, you know, the moment someone's in something just to make money, I think you should question uh, what the product is. I mean, sure. There's plenty of things that are helpful. You should just question it. I'm not saying it's always going to be bad.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But you know, do we need dishwashers? (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm saying anytime a new product comes out, you should question it. So it's like (laughs) when the, when the dishwasher (laughs) hit the market, I wonder if there are people like, do we really need this thing?
1: I bet you there are people like uh oh wasn't it in the Simpsons where like her they moved into that real fancy house and um everything was automated so she had nothing to do uh and so then she just started drinking in the afternoon
0: <laughs> Yes that's uh that's realistic representation I think of the way these things go boredom Yeah when you when you're bored and you got nothing to do
1: Well I think that's a lot of our society in general like we we really don't have to do a lot of surviving so let's just keep complaining just and like fill the gaps out and
0: yes, let's fill the gaps and pass the time cool. until we eventually die and we can tell ourselves before we die i did a good job i'm a good person
1: yeah, i'm good all right everybody love you uh like subscribe rate and review talk to you later bye